What's going on everyone? Welcome to the place where you can find the latest NFT news and the most reliable NFT content. This is about the JPEG with your favorite new friend, Kango Lin. So this week, we have our very content manager at Bob the JPEG, Grace, on our podcast. So Grace is a veteran in the cannabis industry and she joined the team because she really wanted to learn how NFT is going to aid that industry. How is, how is NFT going to play a role in cannabis? So she spent quite a lot of time learning about that and uh, she has that expertise there. So today we're interviewing her to find out what are some interesting things that's going on in cannabis and how can NFT be utilized to solve problems in the industry. Grace, welcome to Above the JPEG, the podcast interview. We're wrapping up this season and I'm very glad to end with you, our very content manager at Above the JPEG. Yeah, hi, thanks. Nice to be here. Finally, finally be on the podcast that I've been sharing. <laughs> yeah, so I know this is the this is the first time you've been running our social media for a while now. You've been doing a tremendous job. And this is the first time really um, having you on the show. And I want to use this as a gesture to wrap up our season one, right? As our season, season one coming to an end, I think it will be a great idea for me and you jump on this call together. And I really want to demonstrate why we started above the JPAT as well as stories from your side. I know you have been very successful with the, uh, the, the cannabis industry in Texas, you know, doing cannabis, Texas, Texas cannabis today and all that very successful media work. So starting off, I want to let, let's get a sense of where you're coming from, right? Why were you interested in NFT while you were in the cannabis business, Grace? Yeah, so I loved, so my, I always start off with like, I've always been a really nerd for social media platforms and just any new technologies in general that come up. And when I learned about NFTs and wrapped my mind about how powerful they are, not as a like first, just of course for a piece of art, because back in 2018, no one really knew what exactly an NFT would do. So I was just kind of kept my eye on it and I knew that it was going to be something special. So as I was in the cannabis industry, I also keep an eye on the crypto and everything in like the, it was still like on the blockchain, like Web3 wasn't coined or anything yet, at least that I was aware of. And um, we, yeah, like I just, I, you know, I followed those things because I knew like within the cannabis industry, there's a lot of banking issues and there's a lot of other things yeah. that are involved, not just because of legacy, AKA black market, but we I call them legacy markets, not just because of that, but because of people's stigma against the plant and people should be able to you know pay for them or have their own <laughs> transactions uh, for it. So seeing the opportunity for that, and then later on, understanding how the blockchain worked when it came to how pe how different growers were using it how people were using ai with their farms and their mat and their mass um and, and their different productions that they were putting out there was there was a lot of benefit to it because for the first time we're able to collect all of this information and have it recorded on the blockchain when for so long because cannabis has been pro in prohibition not only in the united states but around the world we're able to actually 
commit these things to history for the first time. So it just really blew my mind. And of course I got all nerdy into it. And then, yeah, now I'm here. So Grace, give, give us a little background run here. Give us some rundown on your background, right? Um, I know you're extremely passionate about cannabis and that's how, how it led you into the crypto space at all. Give us a little rundown, like what you did before. So that way our audience get a very complete picture of who our content manager, who our content manager is and how is he so competent at the job he does, she does. Yeah. So, um, I, again, I've always been really passionate about just different social media platforms. I love behavioral science. I love the way everything connects and how you can track behavior and also see like how things become popular and how they don't and how trends are set, but actually seeing the data behind it. Um, back in 2013, when I was getting my bachelor's degree, I took the first um, digital communications class at my college because it was still brand new. Like it wasn't, it was there. And so we, I learned about all the analytics. I learned what it took to run social media through this one class. And um, it, on top of like all of the other native experience that I've had. So I run a couple uh, different accounts in different areas. I've had, it starts all the way back to Zanga, all the way up to current, whatever, whatever, any really social media platform I can get my hands on. But a lot of that started when I was like a kid just hanging out on the internet. Um, before Facebook, there was things called like, I can't even remember them right now. Like, my mind just went blank. But there are different types of social media platforms out there doing what Facebook was doing, but Facebook did it different and better. So that's how we got to where we are now. <clears throat> so I was able to see and notice like what the trends are and like how certain startups were implementing philosophies and the, the ethos of who they were like from the very beginning of it and um and like i, I had friends as now, in, huh? um, OG I, uh, yeah, social OG, media <laughs> OG, really yeah like and like once my friends were starting to get hired and like graduating and going into the fang especially back then like google they were getting hired into google and dropbox and like all of these places back in the 2010s um i just kept an eye on it and like kept tabs on like all my engineer friends all my social behavior friends all my sociology friends because i knew there was going to be something um so and then you, it evolved where did your passion for cannabis come from is that coming from about at that time where you were playing around with social media um, yeah kind of oh because yes yes and no yes because um, I, I started social media when I was younger and I've always loved cannabis, but the way I grew up, it was very much like a no drug home. We didn't like nothing like that. Grew up with really pretty strict parents, but I was always curious about it. And it wasn't until the, I was supposed to actually go to Colorado, Denver, um, Boulder, Colorado for their, their, they have a really good communication program up there. And I wanted to move up there, but then I was, I was learning about like the legalization and everything that was happening. And then finally, and that was until, your first time trying pot. <laughs> first time trying pot oh nine colorado crazy stories uh not uh maybe <laughs> i thought that was i thought that was that was how you how you started um getting into the cannabis is moving to colorado I mean, no actually like i was watching i, I watched all the legalization because again like i there's so much speculation and stigma still around it for me but all i knew is i was really curious about it because i like the way it 
uh, elevated the rooms and it just, and the just different experiences that you get from it. So I was always curious, but it wasn't until like, and like I've, I had different smoking experiences throughout high school and college, but it wasn't until 2014 when the first farm bill passed. And then in 2018, when the second farm bill passed where uh, a president during that time legal like passed the farm bill which allowed hemp to be legal in all 50 states and it, I, right then I just knew like I had to jump into the industry and this wow. is what I was going to do and so I jumped right on it I started my blog and I started networking I have like a really great group of friends and who are now the top I, I will admit like there are top consultants in the state of Texas if not the United States because Wait, for, we all started at the beginning just like with above the jpeg just like with all these other places like you meet people as they're rising you know or like rising tides floats all boats i think that's how it is yeah for, for like, cannabis consultant yeah yeah i mean like i consult in cannabis too so if like you know hit me up if you need some consulting uh for what you want to do in hemp i'm um, not really good at rec stuff like it not really i have friends i can connect you with rec but if you're in the hemp space and you want to start a hemp business definitely contact me i wow. have a consulting fee but like <laughs> that's right I, I'll, i'll i'll get you up i'll get your business up <laughs> shout out grace shout out grace the uh, cannabis consultant i don't know much about it but uh that's dope so okay let's let's bring our focus back a little bit to the to the crypto right so that's That's amazing. I love the fact that you went from a uh, a no drug family. I, I I don't know if marijuana's drug at all. I don't know. It's 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 hard, it's, mis it's hard to define nowadays, right? It, it could be. It could not be. But uh, from there, you mentioned that it, it's really interesting how the crypto use cases could potentially solve some of the problem that you're seeing in legal legalizing really making purchasing cannabis easy right so what are what are some things that you've first heard of and when when was that when i first heard of it use in the cannabis space like use like okay well that's called it's a really complicated question actually i think when when it comes to like actually seeing the input like the practical application of it was brands like there's like crypto cannabis which they have an nft collection that goes out and so far like they're in their discords oh my god the cannabis discords are crazy just like discords and nft are crazy so um we cannabis crypto crypto cannabis was the first one that did a really good job but right after that i learned about a one called uh and that in crypto cannabis i think they've now launched a brand so they actually sell products with two but their bases of the nfts And then I learned a. How does it work? Oh, are you? Can, I can't hear you. How does it work with? Oh, crypto cannabis. How does it work? Okay, with crypto cannabis, it's it's the same like buying NFTs. Like it's just they didn't. You are releasing a collection, but with them they had like a very pixelated. Uh, version uh, NFT, which you would generate your NFTs like anyone else with their projects. So it's just more so like what the art that attracted you, just like with NFTs. But then it's more so again, just that's where like all the parallels are the same. It doesn't really matter if it's cannabis or not. Is this a good team that you could depend on? Are they going to have more than one? Do they are they actually like holding onto the stuff so they're going through their mint process? Are they going to pull out? What are their overall goals and missions? So really. I think that's the interesting part about the cannabis space is those things, if they're passionate about cannabis itself, 
um, it's your time to shine in NFT world because you can put all of that stuff into your NFT and your mission and it just blows up your project faster. And, 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 and with the crypto cannabis, I've never heard of this. Like, it's pretty, I'm pretty ignoring the aspect, but is it when you buy, is it just a art that's based off cannabis style art or is it, there's some perks that comes with buying these NFTs, such as, you know, certain type of uh, hemp that's going to be shipped to your house. Yeah, there, there are perks. And I think it just depends on which collection that you're buying into. It started out. So like, cause we're talking about starting out, it started out with just the images, but then of course, as we have, as you know, the smart contracts and everything else has developed, they've added those other perks in there and then they only sell it in certain States. So, you know, of course, if they're selling, they're selling cannabis with it, within however they're doing it, or they're sending it over. That's how it works. As far that's as crazy. That's, last I checked, that's how it Everything. works. So sorry, crypto cannabis. If you're listening to this and it's wrong, I'm sorry. Don't yeah, ask me. It's, it's okay. But uh, uh, this is this is one thing I think crypto cannabis, crypto cannabis, if it's only selling to a couple couple of states, I think this is where the blockchain advantage being kind of taken 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 out of the taken out of the box because blockchain in itself i think it should be accessible anywhere anywhere you no matter where you at i think you should be able to access your nft your blockchain right i think that's one thing where i don't know grace what do you think about it what do you think about that even when it comes to selling nft cannabis nfts you have to sell it to a certain state do you think that do you think that Web three cannibal people, cannabis people should sell stuff regardless of the jurisdiction, or do you think they should be, you know, more compliant to the to the rules and 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 not really taking advantage of the Web three technologies here? I think so. You can still have hemp products. You can still have legal quote unquote THC products, and that you can sell places. But I don't know if that's what these groups are doing now. I th- at the end of the day, it's a, you're taking on a risk, just like with can, just like with crypto, you're taking on a risk. And if, are you willing to make that risk if it's shipped or found in another state? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, it, it, I'm not here to say like you know confirm or deny you know if I've ever done that, but. Um, I think those are the types of risks that you're running into, but I do to answer your question, opening it up the whole jurisdiction, I 100% see that already happening. Like that is just Web3 was built for this. Oh, so you mean, so do you mean that people in cannabis is going to use the tool of Web3 to make THC product available across the United States. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think you can. And then it's again, if you're delivering on your product, you're taking on a certain risk because it's not federally legal. You have to think about who your audience is and like, do you like it? You're gonna, now you're just getting into black market, like, uh, <laughs> conversations. And it's just like, black market, yeah, who, who defines <laughs> black market, right? Just well, kidding. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> legacy markets. So, like, it's just, it's that's kind of like, wait, that's the stuff that I can say being recorded on the podcast. I see. I see. So, so, so this is interesting because, you know, this is why I see a lot of conflicts comes in between in in many many industries is that between the the legal compliance, and sometimes it's not always that clear 
and the technology itself, right? The technology can do many things and the technology has a lot of benefits, but we, we might not be able to always take advantage of it if we, um, if we, if we don't know the legal compliance, the legal regulations. And as, a, as entrepreneurs, you know, whoever's listening to the podcast, this is a good thing to think about, right? Um, the other day I was just listening to this um, presentation by a Web3 lawyer in France. And one of the things he mentioned is that when the legal compliance, when the legal regulation is very chaotic, you know, let's say, in the uh, crypto in the crypto industry, there's a lot of things just really chaotic. When when the legal regulations are unclear, what happens is that you don't want to be the low hanging fruit. What that, what what it means is that when let's say you're a herd of sheep's, right? They give this example: you're a herd of sheep's, and when the when the wolf come chasing, you don't want, you just all you need to do is outrun the other sheep's because they don't have this man, they don't have the ability to be able to catch everybody. So they, they'll get the low hanging fruit. So as long as you make sure that you don't, you don't become the low hanging fruit, then, then you're probably okay. I don't know much about cannabis. I don't really use it myself. How do you, how do, how do you, how do how would you advise entrepreneurs in the space, in the cannabis space who are planning to use the Web3 technology to, to do that, to do exactly that? Is that to be safe with the legal compliance, as well as at the same time, we'll be able to export as, as much value as we can from the Web3 technologies. Just like Web3, you're going to invest in infrastructure. How are you like, so when in cannabis, you have COAs, which are certifications of analysis. What are ways that, and that's okay, I have a cannabis drink right here. So high spirits, you know. Wait, not, that's a cannabis not, drink? Yeah, so it is, it's legal every, all, it's legal in all the states. I can't, my background's messing it up. But like in one point you hold here, it close to a chest, it will show. Okay, here. Yeah. But like right here, you have a QR code. And what this is connects to is called a COA, which is a certification of, anal a certification of analysis uh, of, yeah, of analysis. And it tells you, it tells you that how much THC is in there. It tells you what the pesticides are. It's going off on the details of the, that product itself. Now, when you scan it, sometimes websites go, so there are, there are processes and I don't, I mean, I guess I'll say this, but like, there are processes like that's not going directly to the website properly. Like there are ways where we can streamline the, the user experience and collect the data that we need that is very like helpful to the user and the company that we have the opportunity to take advantage of. And that's just one aspect of it. Like we have a system called, if on legal states, you have a system called metric, which uses a ton of plastic and a ton of waste because it has to click and not to track that plant from the beginning to end. Now, what if we could, what if, how can we add the NFT technology to that? And also within the pesticides reports from the lab, from, from the labs, how are we going to make sure like it, within the stores, people are keeping a transactions of the specialty stores that they go to so you have cookies one of my clients shop mary j they're iconic so them um you have different brands that you want to like kind of uphold that you're a, that you hold and support you have people like the last prisoner project 
which helps prisoners get out of jail for they pay they pay legal fees and you also have which and then that's that's one and then you have 40 tons brands which is actually actually an nft project where they where have that whole process on the back end where they too are paying prisoners out because nobody should be in jail for weed and then you have also people <laughs> who are having DAOs within the organization so you have different DAOs in the cannabis and specifically in texas we have a lot of divided uh divided support within like the left and the right and so now if we can just show that hey so many texans like 75 percent of texans support legalization and we can prove it through these these through it through different DAOs or through different supports we can convince and sway the people at the top at the bottom this is what they actually want like this isn't fun i see this isn't data so now you're now using using it for the, the past stuff and the law but that's just like web3 and legal stuff in general but that's how we can use the infrastructure of web3 aka the DAOs, in order to influence what's currently going on and you can say that by showing like by showing your wallet like yeah this is what i support like if a blue and a red person's talking or a green person it's a whoever. very transparent process it's more transparent now people can see who did what if if the if the voter if the petitioner want to disclose their name right by the way what i want to yeah. shout out here is that be, be, before I get into the NFT business, well, not well, right before I get into NFT business, I was helping a lot of uh, influencers with the uh, with their NFT lunch. It was really just pictures and arts and stuff. And one of the things we did was last was working with the Last Prisoner Project with Jackie Hollywood was one of my friends mm -hmm. from uh, Los Angeles, and she was she was selling NFTs to donate to last prisoner projects to release these prisoners who are locked up for for certain laws right certain laws that's it, that's legal today in california so uh it, it just want to shout out there i think this is, this is so this is so iconic but anyway so <laughs> grace i was really um I was trying today before i jump on the call i was thinking hey me and grace is going to wrap this up we're going to talk a little bit about, about the JPEG, what we learned and all that. But it turned into this whole discussion on how cannabis industry is currently using uh, Web3 today, as well as how they can continue and use it in a, in a, very, in a very sustainable way. So, you know, I feel like I learned a lot. I really appreciate you, Grace, for sharing this knowledge, because this is a knowledge that not many people, people have. And it's and and, and surprising that I never asked this. It's right hiding in the backyard of above the JPEG, right? So, so this is really great stuff. I really appreciate you, Grace, for for sharing all this stuff. Yeah, of course. Anytime. If anyone, if anyone has any questions, I'm Texas Cannabis today on Instagram or on all. Instagram is the best place to find me. Um, also on Twitter, you'll find me there, which I'm dot THC because instead of dot ETH, I'm dot THC. And um, I, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cute. So I was, anyways. So um, that was on Twitter, and I'm there a lot. And of course, on, um, yeah, and then Grace and Not is my personal one. And that's kind of like where I, and Great, Great, and Grace and Not FM is that's where my like, more influencer stuff is. I, that's where I talk more about like female-led products, projects, and just anything that I like in the Web3 blockchain space. Um, and a lot yeah. of nerdy social media <clears throat> stuff, like nerdy I, updates. Like, I just <laughs> say people go follow Grace because I've checked out a lot of her content and it's really good stuff. And her content is not just that she puts content, but she also puts really relevant content for her audience. 
um, you know, a lot of stuff that you see from her cannabis page or 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 even the Buff JPEG NFTs, it's very personalized to our audience. So, you know, highly recommend anybody who's listening to this to, to check this out. But, you know, also, Grace, I was wondering, what is, how do you think about Buff the JPEG? Because I, I guess I can start this, right? So since we're wrapping off the season, um, Above the JPEG, I started, a, a, the, the original name was, wasn't Above the JPEG. Like I said, it was Fuck the JPEG, right? We started off because there was a need to inform the audience that it's not just JPEG. It's not, it's not just pictures that's being traded on OpenSea. NFT, non-fungible token as a technology in itself has so much applications. It can, it can do so many things, right? So our mission at first was really to set out to educate more people as well as learning ourselves. Mostly to me, I was just thinking, hey, it's a great way for me to learn. What are the applications and true applications of, of using NFTs? And there was so many entrepreneurs, but it was really rare to see good use cases. And what we did about JPEG was to brought on these very influential guys like Peter Saddington and, and Cyrus from ShopX, right? They, these people who have done extremely well with NFTs and cryptos in the space to educate us on how they are using NFTs and Web3 technologies, as well as Jess Slaws, the upcoming YC of the Web3, right? The biggest dark accelerator. C-Club is the biggest dark accelerator now. And he's on our podcast as well. We have all these very amazing guests, very prestigious guests from the industry to show us how exactly we work with NFTs and other Web3 technologies. And I think personally, I've learned a ton from just interviewing these folks, right? Um, I've learned so much and, uh, and I don't even know how to conclude this today, but what is your learning, Grace? What do you think that's, how, how's this journey been for you on Above the JPEG? Um, I feel like uh, managing the content on the content side on each of the platforms, it kind of gave me opportunities for one to like experiment with different something that I wanted to enjoy because I was learning a lot because a part of my process is going out and see what other people are doing in the web free space and how they're running their how they're running their socials and about the JPEG really daily. Yeah, like we and so we had that and like what's like subscribing to different newsletters and like really getting my foot in of not just like how people how people it is communicated, but seeing also the Gen Z influence within that communication style and seeing a lot of like because I grew up and I, I noticed just noticing trends that from years ago, noticing the Tumblr influences, noticing how like the TikTok and et cetera, and how passionate young people were and how invigorated they were to share the information no matter who you were it really brought it was kind of like yeah it was kind of like a really humbling moment for me too because like and like I was proud like I'm so proud to be a part and so close to a generation because like I'm a millennial then like watching these Gen Zers do some badass kick-ass things and sharing it with no matter who how old people were um just breaking it down and making it super simple um, it made, so I think that was the number one thing I took out of it. I'm so, so proud of everybody in the, in the web three space, especially the younger generation. And then, um, I think keeping tracks of like the, how 
the Twitter drama also impacted people in real life and like seeing that like during uh, when we first started we started at Decentral and that was the same time within the Luna situation it was going down just a couple weeks before that and seeing how that itself because that happened in Web3 here we are that's changing how people have to um, talk about these things and how etc and then also learning from these people because of the Luna situation about how other ways people could be protected within their uh, within their wallets and et cetera. And when it comes to DAOs, because if you get sued for something and if that you can get, you could sue the DAO and like shit can get taken out. Like there's a whole bunch of complicated stuff that I am not qualified to talk about, but that's just what I know. So it's just really interesting to see how real life systems are being now implemented in a web three way that gives off a very ephemeral assessment of what humanity is online and we can finally see that and i, I think agree. that's beautiful i think i think this is what in in general what technology do for us right i understand that above the j packets about nfts and web three but Really, if, if we if we look at this going off what you, of what you were just saying, all these technologies is, is just getting us closer to a place where globalism is getting us closer to a place where diversity is the norm, right? If you look back in the days where <laughs> there wasn't much technologies and there was a lot of uh, white elitism in this country, you know, people like us was were probably not very welcomed a hundred years ago. And then we had, uh, uh, you know, a lot of movements because, and, and then there was social media, there was, there was media before social media, right? There was a media, it helped the uh, women and minorities in obtaining their rights. Um, and today we have social media and, and, and moving on forward, we have this blockchains really a more transparent way to connect people really, right? Exchanging informations. So, you know, op internet was founded on this sets of characters that, uh, character characteristics that was really fascinating. I think I talked I talked about this a bit in Decentral, which is permissionless, borderless, and anonymous, anonymously, right? So the, but essentially we're trying our best to eliminate these biases out of our judgment because when you're on the internet you know the reason why gen zers um you know i'm a gen z and the reason i think the reason why gen zers don't really give a shit about who they're talking to is because when we are on the internet we don't care like we don't know who's who right everybody's everybody's smart everybody's stupid and and we don't care you just you tweet it out and see what's going on right internet is just a fun place where you don't give a shit about what's happening. Not saying that everything is great about it, right? Because sometimes there's bad things happen on the internet. But overall, I think these technologies, including blockchain, is just leading us to a place where it's a more diverse future. It's more, um, what's that word? Uh, it was, it's more encompassing and inclusive. And inclusive. That's right. A, a more inclusive um, future. I think that's where we are going towards, and I'm very excited. I'm glad that me and you and above the JPEG were able to be a part of this journey. Um, and and I, that's how I would say that's where we're heading to. I'm very excited for the future. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for the technology. Um, 
I am not naive to people coming in and trying to change things. Cause I think that's like, because the blockchain is so permanent, I'm just interested to see how, like how privacy is going to be, uh, where, where we're going to go with privacy and where we're going to go when people are trying to like skew data and seeing really like what is really out there. Cause again, a lot of our, a lot of just things in general, like humanity is a, like an illusion. So there's some ways we're taking away that illusion in web three if you know what you're talking about, but I don't know. I might just be like, putting. Yeah, I think there's a, a whole other this this discussion that we can go on because I I love <laughs> to talk more about the privacy stuff and that's because that's what I'm recently working on right now. We're recently working on the turning all this certificate, educational certificate credentials into NFTs, and that you know touches upon privacy and all that. So we're actually working on it as well, but it's a whole other discussion. Anyway. Today, I want to say that, you know, thank you so much, Grace. You have been a tremendous asset to Above the JPEG, as well as um, other people who, who've worked on Above the JPEG, such as Jessica. We have, a, we have a lot of folks who helped out with Above the JPEG, which we're really, really grateful. And I really want to highlight you, Grace. This has been, I, I, I couldn't have done this without you, Grace. This has been a tremendous journey, Above the JPEG season one. We had some amazing results and we educated so many different we had we educated so many different people in this ecosystem so thank you so much grace i, re I really appreciate you and uh, for the folks out there please keep following us on our social media and all that because that just might be some new fun stuff coming up in the future it's always a good place to keep connected you know it's a community and that's what i believe it's a community it's a community where people help each other out and keep each other updated and really just help everybody to get to a better society in the future, a better future for our next generation. And that's all we're building here. So I'm very grateful that we're part of this.